Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who is donning the British and Irish Lions rugby top. His biceps are looking pretty good, actually, in that top, dude. You've been working on the physique a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, it's a child's large. <laughs> <laughs> that's, actually, that's quite funny. It's from the you. kids' rugby store. <laughs> that's, that's good for you. No, I, I thought I would wear a little nod to my Irish heritage as a green lion's top. This is the heritage that you use to blame your lack of carb or hydrate tolerance. Is that right? I think so, depending on what day it is. That's right. I choose my excuse. I thought Irish ate loads of potatoes. Surely that's that's very, that is a slur. It's just my, <laughs> I'm very sensitive sometimes to carb loading. Yes. I love it. What I meant was, I, I think when we spoke about it before is, I have a, probably not an unusual, but a heavy addiction to all things carbohydrate traditionally. <laughs> and usually accompany that heavy carb load with some beer. But as we were saying a few weeks ago, it's about walking, walking the talk now, isn't it? Yeah, and I try yeah. my best to put some effort into improving my consumption of things that come in a bag and that rustle and taste fantastic, but probably don't help my surf training no, fitness. No, not whatsoever. And it's, it's usually, we were talking about this in the gym. The other day we did our surf fit class for, you know, your leg training. It's at least been your legs you've been working on the most. My pencil legs. Your pencil legs. They're like a HB1. <laughs> and we were talking about macronutrients. So you have protein, fat and carbs. Now, what's really interesting is you talk about this carb loading thing and the overconsumption of carbs. Now, you try and do it without fat. Mm. It's impossible. It just goes to show that Mother Nature doesn't provide... Any foods, it's really interesting this, you actually really think about this, with a mix of macronutrients. Mm. Foods come as they do, as they are, like, let's say it's rice. So it's Mm. carbs. There's very little protein in it and obviously zero fat. You look at, let's say, an animal product, like a pig, you know, it's protein and fat. So it's when you get the bacon, right, and you mix it all in with the rice. Right, okay, now we're talking. Now, woo! And this is what happens. It's your palate. It's called hyperpalatability. And the overconsumption of food is basically just to do with how we make it fucking delicious nowadays. Because we can. We can add fat with carbs. Yeah. So, you know, you know when you have your pasta, you have this pasta. Imagine having it just totally dry with oh, dry tuna. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, you just... But then when you mix the mayonnaise in... Now we're talking. And then the cream cheese. Hell it, yeah, Oh, brother. my God. Here we go. But that's why things like salted caramel is a ridiculous concoction, isn't it, for the health of the nation? And it's like, let's put salted caramel in everything. And Hey, why don't we put it in shit that's really bad for you and see how much people can resist a salted caramel muffin family size? (laughs) Damn straight. And the thing is, relating to surfing, it's this thing where surfing does burn a lot of calories. Yeah. But you cannot out-train a poor diet. You can't out-surf a poor diet. It is, oh, great, I'm going to eat. A thousand flapjack, I'm going to eat crisps, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that, because I've surfed so much. Well, okay, that's great for calories in, calories out, but oh my goodness me, the body doesn't work like that. I don't know if it's as you age. I, what I've certainly noticed is, as I get older, I've got to be cleaner on my diet if I want to enjoy my surfing. That is absolutely a golden rule I have in my life. Like if I, if my diet starts to sway and starts to go too far down a weird road, of, and I'm not talking about calories in, calories out, that is not what I'm talking about here. It's, it's what 
those calories are. That's the key. If I start going off script, I genuinely do not enjoy my surfing as much. I'm heavier on my board. Joints feel painful and stiff. And it's as if what I've noticed is about well-being. It's fascinating. It's even like reaction speeds. Mm. So you just go to hit a top turn, but you miss it because you're a bit off, maybe because you had a drink the previous night and you've not eaten great that morning or whatever it is. So it's kind of one of these ones where people kind of think, God, you know, you're taking to it, you're taking it to such an extreme to treat your surfing with such care as you would eat like a pro athlete. But for me, it's neither thinking I'm going to eat like a pro athlete, nor like, you know, Dave down the road eating Doritos and beer. It's neither. It's thanks actually for, just... Thanks for just not saying Liam. <laughs> I was just going to say, actually, that was very kind, wasn't it? But it's just a personal thing. Well, there is always a balance, isn't there, between kind of enjoyment of life, as I've often said, this kind of fine line between, let's call it order and chaos from the point of view of what you're eating and how do you get the most out of your existence, be in the moment. But there comes a point that I had to really actually and metaphorically look in the mirror and say, well, why are we not making, and by, by we, I'm talking to me and my reflection in the mirror. Because <laughs> I, I do, do that. You don't do now, yeah. do you? I knew I'm a Gemini, that's what happens. So you go, why are we not making those gains? And, um, and you need actually two things, same when it comes to surf improvements. You need both your own, in fact, this is the most important person to accept it, is yourself, that there are things that you could do to make those gains. Sometimes you hide behind excuses and egos, a bit like you were saying, you know, thinking, oh, burn it off in the surf. Well, what, really? You're going to burn two family-sized packets of Doritos, chili heatwave, and eight cans of sort of <laughs> tribute. But you kind of convince yourself in the same way that some of the sort of negative thoughts are, are not true that you have in your mind when you practice mindfulness and try and sort of just be aware of them. So is the case that some of the over-positive thoughts that come in and say, hey, you deserve this and your willpower doesn't need to hold out for that. You can burn that off in the surf. And as yeah, we were talking about, joking aside, that the biggest gains for your surf fitness can actually be made in the kitchen or from closing the cupboard or not having certain things in. And I'm really trying to get that at the moment, actually. You know, I was going to leave this a bit to body, but just trying to look at impacts of certain things within the foodstuffs that we're eating. You eat extremely clean and I've got sort of room for improvement. But even the little bits, like you say, this hyperpalatability of things and flavors that go into certain processed foods are there to sort of keep you hooked and keep you reeled in. I've been helping people with their surf performance for a number of years. And this isn't conclusive, but my estimation is, and this is a probable factor here, that 80% of your surf gains will take place in the kitchen. Food has that big an effect on your body. We are what we eat. And if you are what you eat, then you then are how you surf yeah. as to how you eat. Yeah. I think two main things that affect your surfing via the kitchen, and it's one, it's your level of body composition. So it's your body fat levels. And it's two, your inflammation. So with those two in mind, if you improve your diet, for whatever that is for you, because by the way, there is no one diet for everyone. It's absolutely the most individual thing. But you've got to yeah. tweak it, you've got to experiment, try new foods, try new approaches, drop your carbs, up your carbs, reduce your protein, up your protein, drop your fat, up your fat, and the types of fat that you consume, the types of protein you consume, and really try and kind of tailor your diet the best way you can for yourself. Keep experimenting. The inflammation side of things is actually what the calories are. So that's what's literally going into the diet. For example, are you eating tons of omega-6? Omega-6 is very, very inflammatory to the body to too high a level. And that comes in things like crisps and processed chocolate bars and fish and chips and just mm-hmm. basically junk, pretty much. Any junk. And if that omega-6 ramps up, bang, inflammation is going to come right up. And all those old niggles, all those old injuries and feeling of tightness and tiredness and all that will creep up if that's high. 
So then if you're able to then increase your omega-3 intake, on the other hand, yeah. and reduce your omega-6, well, this is an anti-inflammatory fat. I've been reading a lot more about the negative impact of industrial, particularly industrial, seed oils. Yeah, man. And Red seed, yeah. sunflower, safflower, yeah. dot, 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 but go on, et, et cetera. And it's kind of almost horrifying to start to kind of absorb the information. I'm not just talking about sort of Instagram influencers who say, hey, don't eat this, eat that, or try that. Because they're, they're selling something. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you kind of start to read some of the sort of deep dive documents into, let's like say, omega-6 saturation, because we've lost the balance. It used to be like one-to-one, -one, didn't it, until the industrialization of uh, seed oils, because it's cheap to produce and bolts foods up. And suddenly, when you think, oh, I just want to reduce this in my diet, I'm not talking about being so puritanical about it, but I'm trying to clean it up. And then you start looking at ingredients of even what would be described as more whole foods almost, you know, things that slightly processed, you know, like even in inverted commas, healthy breads. And it's packed full of this shit. And becoming awake to it, I'm going, oh my God, I've eaten tons of this stuff. And what about my omega-3s? Well, I'm, I love oily fish, so I'm looking at that, but in no way the quantities that will balance it out. So I'm driving my dear wife crazy at the moment, going through the cupboards and saying, not only am I not interested in eating too much of this shit, why are we feeding it to our kids? You know, it's just Damn going straight. in them constantly. Uh, rapeseed oil, I say, uh, sunflower oil. And trying to sort of make that change is actually quite difficult because it's so ubiquitous, isn't it? And it's so kind of prevalent in the foods that we buy off the shelves of supermarkets. Damn straight. Until we start avoiding the processed food aisle and get all of our stuff, our food stuff, in that vegetable protein aisle and fruit and etc and make things from from scratch until that happens the information side of things is going to be tricky if we eat on the run for example you know in a rush service stations yeah. you know little corner shops oh, i'll get a packet sandwich if you actually start reading what's in processed food it's pretty startling it becomes this thing where you kind of then start asking questions what kind of life do i want to have how do i want to feel how much joy do i want to experience in the surf because it's a surf show we relate it back to surfing all the time and i want to bring things back to the other thing I was going to say, that one side is inflammation, which is massively affected by omega-6, omega-3, amongst other things. Uh, sugar's another one. Stress, obviously, and toxicity in your environment. There's lots of other things, but the two biggies probably are omega-3 to omega-6 ratios. Check that out. And the other one is um, is anything to do with sugar. And a guy on that, by the way, I always recommend it. You really want to check this out. So you've got this resource, Chris Cresser. I read his article really, the other day. Really smart guy. No major doctrine, no forcing anyone into anything in particular. Uh, really buys into a plant-based diet plus protein. Yeah. Um, so it's not saying, you know, got to eat vegan, you've got to eat carnival, you've got to... No, 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 he's just a really smart guy. He's got his finger on the pulse. But the other side to it in terms of surf performance with nutrition is the calories in, calories out. So the thing with that is the way that the human race has approached that the last 30, 40 years is basically to end up marketing something. That's kind of how it's worked. It's like, what can we sell? It's a diet. Diet industry is a multi trillion that's that's a fact it's a multi-trillion dollar industry this is a huge huge industry what, what the world wants is more and more fat people sick of people so they can keep this on this treadmill right so what is it that actually makes the switch for someone when they start to actually dial this calories thing and it's not um, the amount of exercise it isn't it's not the exercise uh exercise plays a tiny tiny role it really the amount of surfing you do you cannot out train this poor diet thing. it's really impossible so what it is, is it's two couple of things. It's carbohydrate tolerance within that calorie intake, because not all calories are made equal. So it's how you tolerate carbohydrate. But it's actually, it's how you control portions and hunger. It's so simple. It ends up being 
just literally now obviously this is aside from the inflammation factor of what is actually going into the calories but it is literally about how satisfied you are at meals and when you stop now the thing is that's a very simple thing it's a very black and white thing but there is unbelievable nuance that goes into it now we talked earlier about the hyperpalatability of food and food's becoming too delicious and we can't stop now that's one of the crux and the issues so if you, someone is able to not mix their macronutrients as much, you will stop way sooner. If you have a pasta meal and you don't cover it in cream sauce, but you cover it in like a, a low-fat sauce, you'll find yourself towards the end of the meal going, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm spent. I'm kind of done. Because your palate just doesn't crave more and more and more. Here's the key, though. Fats and carbs are the ones we're always playing with, those two. But protein, if protein isn't even... Beyond moderate, even if, if it's kind of moderate, if you want to get it near the high level, because the thing about protein is it's protein that satiates us. And it's that macronutrient that is most missing in people's diets because of the last 10 years. The last 10 years, what has happened is don't eat me. Don't eat fish. Oh my God, it's evil. It's, it's bad. It, so people's protein intake is dive bombing well and what that means is they're not they, people aren't getting the satisfaction within their meals that they're supposed to 100 percent, because there's that joy and satisfaction is part of eating it's not just fuel yeah. certainly yeah. for my world we're engaged in a way this liam's soapbox moment but not quite but we're engaged almost in these situations as consumers let's call us that or users in the realm of digital and social media sometimes in asymmetric warfare and asymmetrical warfare means that one side has the absolute upper hand i think than the other side and we are not sophisticated enough to really uh, fight back against the tools at the disposal of, insert, you know, the food companies, the social media companies, because they are able to manipulate and influence your behavior without almost you even knowing it. And even when you are more awake to the idea of, yep, they use tools to uh, nudge you into certain patterns of behavior. They use uh, ingredients to get you addicted to hyperpalatable food substances that aren't particularly good for you. You can't shake yourself out of it as easily as you might if it was a completely equal relationship. And you, you know the tricks of the trade, uh, and therefore you can either choose to use them or not. Broadly, we are supposed to have that free choice, but increasingly, the tools that are used to market to us, mere mortals, are quite sophisticated because of the development of things like, you know, artificial intelligence and even sort of uh, hacking of flavors to produce a response that we've taken years to evolve as humans to kind of respond to these things so that we prepare for times of like famine or we get the nutrients in our bodies that we want to. But they're being hacked by companies that are trying to use it in order to get us to eat more and buy more. Mm -hmm. And that's quite a frightening situation to be in. And that's just a very basic level. This is what I relate to surfing as well, is the realization that when you think, okay, well, I want to make these improvements and I want to just eat real food, which by which is like whole foods, in order to make me fitter to surf better. Or I want to make these changes to my fitness regime in order to make me stronger so I can perform better in the surf. Or I'm just fit for life generally, you know. No one else is going to do it for you. It's that realization, I think, that starts to really uh, help at least you on the path to making gains. Certainly for me, as I was saying last week, this kind of idea, almost this like baseline truth that nobody is going to do the things for you that you might be looking to achieve other than yourself. So if that's eating better, Mr. Hines is not going to do those things for you to get you fitter. Mr. and Mrs. or the organization that is Weight Watchers is not going to get you thinner or, you know, insert what you will. 
we better be careful. Lost surfboards is not going to make you surf better. You know, uh, <laughs> Joe Rogan is not going to get you to perform as a fitness guy better or whatever. In, in so, yeah, you've no, got to take some of that yourself, the ownership of that, and do the hard work yourself. Yeah. And that is where it's not easy because we're all looking for shortcuts. It's so much easier to talk about yeah. than do. In the cold light of day, when you're staring down at your plate and it's a complete change to normal, it takes guts. It takes guts. It takes commitment. There might be a sense of loss. We're so emotionally invested in food without realizing at the time until you make a change. Well, can I tell so you once what? you make that change, there's that, whoa, I'm fucking, I'm so into carbs. I did not realize. Well, I'm still mourning the loss of Doritos chili heat waves from my diet, <laughs> although I've not cut them out completely. I might have a treat every now and again. Although the ladies down the street, I tell you what, do they're not complaining because you are looking mighty fine right now, <laughs> having been off them for a while. Not, not yet. But the other thing, like you say, it's in everything. I love Look at this bicep. I love see? hummus. Mm-hmm. Shop bought, off the shelf, the chilled aisle hummus. Whatever brand of supermarket it is, some are better than others. But you know what? It's packed full of the shit I'm trying to avoid. I'm crying, reading the ingredients. Oh my God, it's got sunflower oil in it. I'm going to have to make my own. And do you know what's fucked up? Even when they say olive oil hummus, which is yeah. a marketed thing, yeah. it's like four quid a pot. Yeah. You read the ingredients. By the way, when you read the ingredient lists, the first ingredient is always the most, second, second most. Da, da, da. That's a, just in case anyone wanted to know, you, you, when you're reading ingredients, you might know that, but the first ingredient is obviously going to be chickpeas. Ingredient number two, rapeseed fucking oil is the second ingredient. Sneaky fuckers. Ninth ingredient, olive oil, 1.8%. Yeah. So they get to call it olive oil hummus. I know. That is messed up. That's the food system we live in. So you, what you got to do, you got to take ownership. You got to do the reading, do the work. You got to listen to shows like ours, obviously. But start looking at guys, you know, Chris Cresser, great guy to look at. Joe Rogan has had a number of phenomenal guests, uh, nutrition guests yeah. on his show who talked about food and um, we could rattle those off if you want, but just check out Joe. Just type in Joe Rogan food is enough. You'll get a ton. And, the, and Aubrey Marcus, who Aubrey Marcus, we, we really like you. The information world we live in, there's so much information there for you to delve mm. and do that research. I think what it really takes, it's very, very important this, is an aware mind. And the reason why is because there's going to be underlying beliefs that everybody has that are going to sort of come up as you encounter these things. So it's taking an open, it's an open mind. It's the key to what's being said. And actually, this is the, if you're doing detective work on your own diet and your health, be your own best detective. As in, detectives, what they do, they'll look at evidence. Now, looking at a plethora of evidence from A, source A, source B, source C, etc. And what you're trying to find over time is a pattern. That is not just a clue. Now it's a pattern. It's a clue. And now it's become a pattern. It's become a theme. And then you start to filter more and more information and you go, okay, I'm going to make this decision. And then that decision can really, really change so much. And it's, we said this on the show before, there's massive, massive hope with all these things that you can within a week be surfing the best you have ever surfed yeah. within a fucking week, within a day. You make a little change, just come off that food, bang, suddenly there's a change and it can happen real quick. I want to make a, a point on, uh, cause I try and read and research stuff and it's very hard cause you get lost, especially in this internet age in the world of information. And it's hard to get to the bottom of this, but I think to approach this from the standpoint of when any of this stuff comes to the fore or any kind of food stuff is being pushed as the new fix for anything. And it's very hard to ask this question, but it's like, who is paying this person or organization 
to give me this message. Learning from that as well, it opens your eyes to what you're being told and why you're being told it. Because often this is kind of where we kind of come to, it's not slightly off topic of surfing, but it relates to sort of health and well-being and thriving, not just surviving, is the idea that information that we find ourselves consuming often has a source that has an interest in you finding that information for whatever reason it might be. But if it's ultimately either a profit or a political agenda, it's best to be aware of it rather than just to drink it down like the Kool-Aid. Or like Monster Energy, if you're in the... Because they sponsor straight. a lot of stuff as well. Damn that ain't straight. good for you. And I wonder if Braun, when they're making their beard trimmer, have in mind the relative thickness of your pubic hair. I don't know if they actually <laughs> have that in mind. You see, that's the thing. They're marketing it to you for your beard trimming, but are they really considering the thickness of Liam's pubes? I don't know if they are. Well... I've seen them. They're really thick. I so we're going to get in trouble now from uh, <laughs> Unilever, Heinz Foodstuffs, Braun. We've had a letter as well, by the way. We've had a letter. Do you want to hear it? Go on. Uh, it's from Corleone and Sons Litigators on behalf of a Mr. M. Biolos. Very nice. Dear Mindful Surf Kooks, it has been brought to our attention that you are portraying Mr. Biolos as a crime family kingpin. If you do not cease and desist, we'll be forced to send some friends of his to remove your treasured set of puddle jumpers. And we don't mean the boards. <laughs> Yours sincerely, Corleone and Sons litigators. There you go. Say no more. We are in the shit We're now. in trouble now. Yeah. We just added another. There's going to be pubes yeah. and puddle jumpers and blood <laughs> everywhere. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. The more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Signal number two, mindful surfer, just a couple of moments to check in with the breathing, raise your awareness, so take a deep breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And take a breath in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. Two more breaths. Take a breath in and want you to hold your breath at the top. Breath in. Hold your breath. And breathe out. And just one more deep breath in. I want you to breathe in through your nose. Hold your breath at the top. You're going to breathe out for 10 seconds. So breathe in through your nose. Hold your breath and breathe out for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, and rest. The thing about breathing work, or breath work, shall we say, is there are some really cool times to add it into your routine. Now, one of those times is the bit before you go surfing. So what breathing is trying to do is it's trying to bring you away from this fight and flight stress mode back into your digest and rest, your parasympathetic, your calm, your focus, all the good stuff that leads to high sports performance in any sport. And as we all know, the bit before surfing might seem like fun and games when you look at your diary going, oh, well, I'm maybe going to try and target a surf there. But actually, there's driving involved, there's traffic jams, you're probably thinking about shit, like we all were. <laughs> human beings 
So there's stuff going on. And it's also this thing where expectations building. You sort of like, what's the surf going to be like? There's a lot going on before a surf. So just to engage with your breathing, it becomes a letting go process. And I think ultimately the letting go process is what the surf's going to be like. Surfing, the reason why we love it, it's one of the biggest reasons why we love it so much, is we've got no idea what it's actually going to be like. By the time you physically stand on two feet, or like Jacob, laying down prone, whatever you do, boogie boarding as well, but whatever you do for that ocean experience, as soon as you actually start doing it, that is when you'll find out what the surf's actually like. Because I have done this a gazillion times. Even on the way there, I've got an idea what it's like. Oh, it might be like this, it's windy. Right, breathing will work there. That'll help me there. On the way, I'm still driving. So I've got to concentrate, deep breaths. You actually get to the sea. Okay, it's like this. So now you've created another expectation. There's another, so maybe that's changed. Maybe it was exactly what you had in your head on the way to the beach, but it's very, very, very rare. Let's be really honest. You finally get there. Again, mind is building up again. Future, future, future. Mind does this thing all the fucking time. It's like future, 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 future. And then you're doing your ball, you're doing your wax. I'll, I'll do this, I'll put these fins, I'll do this. And you're making the best estimation you can based on what the waves are doing. But again, breathing, so important because just let go. Just let go again, let go again. And I think the more we can practice this, the more you can just embrace what you get when you get in the ocean. It is not easy to do. And I do not do that perfectly. It is a major work on. It's just being able to spot when you're ramping up the expectation around surf. Because you might find that, you know, you have this expectation, oh, it's going to be uncrowded because it's a two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon and you get there and, oh my God, there's like a 500 people in the water. That can happen. Happens all the time. It's very, very important, isn't it? Just to kind of let go. Letting go is a huge thing. And here's the other thing I was reflecting on, especially when it comes to surf, which is why it's also a brilliant thing. We touched on this idea of infinite games. There is no destination. It's like the never ending story. It goes on and on. You can keep telling it conditions they're never really the same they can be similar or they change and especially the sort of breaks that we serve so the expectation that it's going to be one thing or another is almost always going to meet with disappointment if it's up there if it's, if it's a high expectation obviously the lower expectation is the better in a way because you can only exceed that but the mind wants to kind of put a label on it almost of what the surf's going to be like or even reflect that in your life what your life's going to be like what that meal's going to be like what that event's going to be like what the date's going to be like and we build this kind of picture of it in our minds that actually it's not the good tools of visualization sometimes. It's actually weighting it with expectation rather than just letting it be. And to let it go and let it be and to see it for what it is, this kind of evolving, never-ending thing without a finish, is where I think you can start to get into a really happier place. Happier, not happy. Because, again, that states that this the destination, when I get there, I will be happy. Sometimes the joy is in sitting in the traffic or a snarl-up as the snarl up cams in North Devon have been calling it. I love those. That is the best use of social media I've seen forever, right? It's the snarl up cam in Croydon. Right. That could be the most amazing bit of your trip, but we never think that because you're always thinking ahead rather than who are you in the car with? What's yeah. around you? How does it look? What can you see? You're there right now. That in itself is a beautiful moment because it is the only true certainty that exists is where you are right now. That's down straight. And the thing is, is so much letting go is perfection of the perfect board, on the perfect wave, in the perfect environment, perfect friend setup, perfect feeling in your body, perfect fin choice, perfect wave. I mean, you just keep going. To get one of those sorts of sessions to come together is very, very, very rare. In fact, no matter where you live, 
it's a big statement as I've only lived for a bit in Hawaii as another surf place. But even there, it wasn't, it was hit and miss, like surfing always is, hit and miss, hit and miss. You know, you then start asking, well, how can you enjoy it if it's not perfect? Well, like you just said, dude, exactly like you just said, there was just so much going on in every moment. So just being in the moment, being in the moment. There's that little moment there, that little moment there. And the more you just align to that moment, the less important the surfing becomes. It's just a bonus. It's all part of what is this thing called, you know, life. And for us, we're fortunate that it's surf life at times. It is intertwined at the moment. Mike, we haven't had waves for a week, have we? So, nope. But it's intertwined with our kind of lives, and that's great. But it's kind of realising that, for me, it's, I'm trying to it's a work on like it always is for us, Will, is this concept that it's not in the getting there. So it's not in the arrival at this place, because there is no real arrival. It's in the journey there, yeah, as cheesy yeah, as that yeah. might sound. But trying to remind S- your mind... That, stinks of brie. brie. I love but it. But trying to remind your mind and your body that that's what we're supposed to be enjoying, if you like. And by the way, if that stunk of brie, then everything that comes out of my mouth is just fucking runny cheddar. Camembert. It's just like, just flying out my mouth. <laughs> we're going to move on to Mind Body Stoke, segment number three, things Liam and I have been working on with the mind and body to raise the stoke. We've been talking about our process of trying to work on our weaknesses, physical weaknesses in the fitness department. I am particularly weak at snapping onto my surfboard. I'm much, much better surfer on the wave than I am on that kind of bit when I'm prone. Paddling, I'm pretty strong, but just snapping, just poor, not very good. It probably doesn't help that I'm tall, large male, you know, six foot two. I'm not the most athletic, so it's all those kind of aspects. I think um, it was this thing we talked about, spoke about. Yours was, was legs, mine was, was arms and the press. And I've been asked this before, actually, by people. They've said, you know, what would be your sort of criteria, your assessment as to whether or not someone could surf? And I would say straight out the gates is can they do good press ups? It absolutely is that question because without that, you're going to not snap. You're going to wobble, wobble, put one knee down, eventually second knee. Before you know it, you're up, you're in just a world of hurt. <laughs> Some people do and are able to craft that kind of pop, yeah. you know, snap onto a board with this sort of knee. And If you really want to take your surfing further onto the green face and really enjoy that glide and cutbacks yeah. and you want to advance, the question becomes, can you do press-ups? And good ones, right to the floor, back up. Because it's the ability to push off the ground and get straight up to your feet that is so important in the snap. Now, I started this journey of me getting better at press-ups. That's always been my weakest exercise. Always, always, always. I could do legs for England. I did leg training, back training, arm training, but press-ups, poor. I started on my previous PB. I measured this previous PB four weeks ago. I did max, max, max. What can I do? Chest touching the floor, arms fully extended and straight. What can I do? Right in. And I did 27. All the way down, all the way up. And before coming to the pod today, just did 36. Ooh. So it just PB. goes to show. If you just, I don't know what percentage that is, but if you just set your mind to something, give enough time, enough effort, you'll get a result. Simple stuff, but it's, true, but it's it? very powerful. It's so obvious when you say it. Just do what you're weak at. Get stronger. Oh, yeah. by the way, then you're stronger. Yeah. It's, you know, so what is it that stops us doing that? It's just habits. Habits and being very honest with yourself about the fact that nobody's going to do that for you. If you were waiting to do those, Will, for the next time you went to, you know, a quote unquote a gym or something like that, or somewhere where you felt, well, that's where I go to, to do my whatever, weakness training, then you're always making that the thing rather than just saying, I'm going to take ownership. Wherever I am, I'm going to work on it and I'm going to keep working on it until I get better and better. 
And you can apply that to, I mean, I'm trying my best when I get in the water to apply that to surfing, on land and off land training. And knowing that just where you are, be happy with that, but try and, I'm trying to just do a little bit more and a little bit more. But to do that little bit more, you have got to put some pretty hard work in and be prepared to get upset yeah. sometimes and frustrated. And it can be a bit painful. Certainly me on my legs, I find really tricky. I mean, that's where I'm doing the same. I, I haven't kept the reps, but static holds, uh, weight vest and, and weighted um, squats and trying to kind of build glute and leg strength because like I said at the beginning, I've got these little pencil legs and they need to strengthen <laughs> in order for my cert. You know, that is one way of improving some of the things I want to do in the water. But only I can do that. Nobody else can do it. Watching YouTube fitness videos, watching Ombi, watching Surf Strength Coach, working with you in the gym, watching how to do it is not going to do it for me. I've got to go away. When nobody else is watching, I've got to do those exercises or put the work in. Damn straight. Damn straight. And it's to let you know, the listener, has it helped my snap? 100%. Yeah. Big time. It's just... I'm taking off a little bit more under the lip. So what we're trying to do in critical, more critical ways, if we're wanting our snap for those moments, those moments that really, really, really counts. You've got this bomb wave. You've been waiting for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour for it, weeks for it, who knows? And it's all coming to a head and you've got to paddle over to get it. You've got to be in the right position. You've got to, there's so much that's coming to that pinnacle moment that where you've got to just make this, you've got to make that happen. And it's about being able to look down the line and trust your snap. Trust that you're just going to push off your board and be in the right place. And if you have stronger arms and a stronger core, stronger back, glutes, legs, yeah. press-ups do all those or other exercises too, you're going to have more confidence. I can hand on heart say that when I work on my fitness, it has a positive effect on my surf confidence. It's my confidence. And what is that line? That line is, I'm going to catch waves. I'm going to catch a lot of them. Each one, I'm confident I'm going to be able to snap and make the wave. And when I go to do turns, I'm going to be able to generate speed and pump down the line and enjoy the ride. And be able to get back out and do more. It's an overall confidence that fitness gives you. That obviously you can get from just surfing more. But the thing about surfing more, we talked about this on the show a lot. It has a shelf life because your body adapts to that. And actually, yes, it doesn't get any weaker, but it doesn't get any stronger. That's what's really interesting. You get a plateau. So if you just surf, I always remember Geordie Smith saying this. Just about to try his accent. Like, that will get us into. Yeah, where do you even go from that? Oh yeah, bro. Oh, I thought he was from Newcastle. <laughs> That's why it's called Geordie Smith. <laughs> why, hey man, if you want to surf like me, you better get practicing your press ups. There you go, lad. Yeah. How are How lad? Just win the WSL title again. Oh, oh, Geordie. Hang on, Geordie actually so, ringing. Sorry, Geordie. Yeah, he is. Joe Smith, stop taking the piss out of sure. me online. I'm not a Geordie, I'm from South Africa. Oh Thank my you. God, he, did, he just messaged Geordie. us. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. It's that basically, I remember him saying that, uh, you know, if you only get fitter at surfing to surf, I completely understand that. I agree. However, as you age, that's a definite, definite factor. You don't repair as quickly, you don't recover as quickly, and you don't maintain the same muscle mass as you do when you're younger, as easily, just from surf. So you need... This really important thing called stimulus. And stimulus is anything novel to the body, anything different, anything, anything new. So if someone just surfs and expects to get better at surfing, fitter at surfing, well, it's going to plateau. So until there's something new, like a routine, a weights routine, CrossFit routine, mountain biking, yoga, you've got to start doing other things. That's when you're bang. You'll go back yeah. in the ocean. Before you know it, you're like, wow, my God, my legs feel so much stronger and your surfing will improve. The thing with that, though, is... I can see why a lot of surfers get into this mode of just surf, just surf, just surf, because time's tight mm. and it's fitting it all in. You want to be able to just 
go surf and do the thing you love over and over again. So you start going, well, you know, it's just an individual thing, isn't it? Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. If you want to really make improvements, then you got you got to find the time. The mind hack is also enjoying it when it is there, but not putting so much emphasis on wishing that you were surfing again, because I do this all the time, that it impacts where you are right now. Otherwise, I'm sort of not taking my own advice, really. Tonight, for example, it's flat, but we've got a lovely sea swim. I've got to be in that swim and enjoy it. And very, not be thinking about true. all those people surfing in the sunshine on the north coast. We're just going to get in and swim in our mill pond and enjoy that swim. Damn straight. And I will enjoy cricket, even though... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even What's though that? It's, it's... What's that? <laughs> even though it's been pretty hit and miss, I've got a duck. A duck, to anyone who doesn't know what that is in the game of cricket, which I'm assuming you would know listening to this. I mean, cricket's up there with pretty famous sports. Mate, this, I'm going to upset our Australia. This is go on, go on. There's a couple of guys here. Last week they said they could surf, and this week they say that they play cricket as well. <laughs> Do the palms play cricket? <laughs> they try. Sometimes. They try, but it's not raining. Go on. But I've got a duck. I've got a duck. Explain to people who aren't either. It means you've got, got no runs. I've got no, I've got no points, yeah. however you want to term it, if you're new to, don't know anything about cricket. No good stuff, really. Very, very, very humbling. But it relates to surfing because you'll have surfs where you just don't perform. You fall off on a bunch of waves. You get out for a sort of quote unquote surf duck. You don't succeed. And that's going to happen in surfing and in life and in all sports. And it's how you respond that is the key. And uh, it's very important to start spotting your ego. Because what ego will do and what mine will do is go, oh, nah, cricket's not for me. It's, nah. Really, that's a way of basically saying, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of being vulnerable. Of being vulnerable to having people see me fail and not do very well. And so any time you're an adult, because kids are great at this, they just bounce, go to the next bit, next bit. But anytime you're an adult learning something new, it is really, really, really important to spit a spot when your ego is creeping in, trying to make black and whites out of things. Because if you don't have a great surf, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean the next one isn't going to be great. It's just that surf. Yeah. And you just let it go. And, and you go straight into the next one. When you're learning as an adult, it's a never-ending story. So the curve is continual. There is no kind of destination. And when that's the case, at points along that journey, you will have spiritual and physical pain. And it's unavoidable if you want to get into a better place. Damn straight. But it's how do you deal with it? Yeah, damn straight. That's the big thing for me as well. When I've had those same as, as you, like surf ducks, shall we say, where I've maybe caught no waves or I've been wiped out or I've been humbled or all of those things. And you get out of the water, you know, almost literally holding a bat or a board under your arm and think, oh, God, this is hard. And then if it plays in your mind, it becomes even harder. So it's how do you ride that with the imperviousness to both those criticisms and those praises in your mind and helps you come back the next time and do it all again and not have an expectation of what may or may not happen. Damn straight. I think surfers have got to, it got to a big word, but surfers are the kind of people who thrive on challenge because you become who you can become. And that journey is just so much fun. Be full of highs and lows, but Ultimately, overall, it's the joy of the craft. It's the joy of the progression. And if it was just effortless and easy and you got it in your palm of your hand and it, you never had to work, you would lose satisfaction itself. Satisfaction itself only exists in that sense because of the graph that goes into everything that led to that moment. Absolutely. When everything comes together, yep. the harder it is for it to come together, the more satisfying it is when it does. And that's why surfing, which by a lot of people is regarded as the hardest sport in the world amongst other sports, 
I have to put cricket in that bracket as well. <laughs> I find cricket so hard. When you put yourself in these situations, yeah, you get to taste satisfaction. It's a stunning, stunning feeling. Do you know there was something talking about that, just for the people who may or may not be interested in cricket, very much around the, the subject that it's one of the hardest sports from a mental well-being or mental fitness point of view. It has a lot of uh, fallout, if you like, because of that situation. Exactly that situation. And that you're watched and you're studied and you're, it's all statistical. And it's about how do you perform when you walk out in front of the, all of those eyes. It's like being at a wave pool, but with people giving you shit from the sides. It's true. it's true. Wave pools have created a new dynamic in that way. Wave pools have turned things into sort of a little bit of a spectator sport. Everyone's watching you go for your wave. I think there's a lot of people listening to this who, if you've experienced a wave park yourself or about to or going to and want to, as I'm sure you will, I think most surfers will end up experiencing a wave park eventually. It's a bit like that. You feel these eyes, they're on you. And you're paddling for this one wave yeah. that's coming and you're in this queue and whatever. It's a new I, dynamic in surf. It's a new dynamic. Yeah. I know that's going to put a lot of people off. I think the breath yeah. is the key. Yeah. The deep breath, deep breath, go again. Yeah. Segment number four, surf media insight. Anything you want to share? I do. Right. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but there I am just watching TV the other day and I, something comes up on Guide and lo and behold... How to trim your pubes in three... No. You know what that is? Oh. It's the, it's the fake version of the Baywatch music. There's a Baywatch channel. Some people stand in the darkness. Yeah. Afraid to oh, step yeah. it. Oh, mate. One of my that great impressions. That song is one of the most inspiring songs ever. Along with Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. I, mean, I feel song. like Alan Partridge now. Listen to the lyrics. Some people stand. There is a Baywatch channel in the UK. I'm sure you guys have it over in the States and maybe everywhere around the world this exists. And I just didn't know about it. 4004 on your smart TV will wow. take you to back-to-back Baywatch. Now, there's a little known, because this is kind of surf media, right? Not least because Kelly Slater is in Baywatch in the later episodes. And when I used to sit sort of vaguely landlocked as a young kid, lad and only get to the sea when my folks would want to take me and all of that stuff, and I would be watching this kind of almost this otherworldly universe of people who were living by the sea and surfing and in sunshine and waves and all of that stuff. And it was just a little reminder of all of that. And I got lost. And uh, I wasn't watching it because of Pamela Anderson or any of those seedy things, as my wife suggested I was when she walked in on me <laughs> watching Baywatch. But, um, well, it's just as good for the other, wow. if you like males too. I mean, Yeah, yikes. man, that's, surf, that's my surf media insight. So Baywatch, I, Baywatch the channel. I am secretly a massive fan of Baywatch. Yeah. It's so corny, so ridiculous. I crack up when someone's carrying like a 6-0 by 17 inches wide <laughs> by one and a quarter thick board with suddenly, if you look really closely, it'll have like no fins in the back. Yeah. It's the most prop, prop, like fake yeah. fucking this guy holding this surfboard. And as he's walking out of the ocean, you actually look and pan back and there's like no surf, <laughs> not even a droplet of surf. And this guy just holding this board for just little things like that. There's little Who, touches. Who'd have thought that watching that one day, Kelly Slater would have his own wave ranch surf pool? There you go. Just one more thing before that we would do. Be, if you could like, if you could be a genie in a bottle, would one of the wishes, if you could do the full wish deal, would it be Wave Ranch, Wave Park for your mates, you and your mates? It's got to be up there. And oh, yeah, 100%. If you could just click your fingers and have yeah. it in your backyard. Yeah. Imagine yeah. having the Kelly Wave just yours. Yeah. 
Fire her up. Oh, We're going surfing. Geez. Oh, the other thing I was going to say before we go is happy first. We're coming up to this in a few weeks, but happy first birthday of podcasting to the UK Surf Show. Great guys, Leighton and Pete. Very good guys. Good listen. And um, our pal Ads Lyson, who does the Grumpy Surfer podcast. Again, twelve months of podcasting to those guys. So um, thanks for that, and uh, happy birthday, fellas. Thank you. Yeah, great shows. Yeah, great shows. Guys, thanks for listening. Until next week, see ya. See you soon.